everybody and welcome back to Operation F1. After our long summer break, we're back to school. It's back to school week and we are back with our next episode of the Operation F1 podcast. So last week we were going to do a podcast, but after that shower of shit that was Spa, uh, we decided to wait until we got a proper race of Zandervoort, which we've just had. And uh, yeah, an interesting race. What a track. Cars look fantastic. What were your thoughts, Mickey James? Of Spa or Zandvoort? Well, yeah, let's start with your Spa thoughts. Let's go go through that. Hopeless. It was Spa. Just, yeah, hopeless. Yeah, obviously we understand the decision made because of the rain. It would have been deemed unsafe, particularly with a a track like Spa. Uh, However, I I mean, what, what did you think about the decision to just really do two laps to classify them? Uh, I thought that decision was pretty poor, really. If you're going to go out for two laps, you might as well just carry on racing, you know. Um, They obviously couldn't do the race. They have the technology to understand and know that they weren't going to be able to complete that race. Um, It's a dangerous track at the best of times, but with the poor visibility and those conditions, they were never going to be able to conduct a proper race. They knew that. I think Lewis hit it right on the head after the race when he sort of said it was just a money-making thing. Not being able to refund people, I think it was a, a shame. And to also give half points for two laps is a bit, yeah, a bit stupid. Well, they have to do two laps, minimum two laps, to achieve half points, which I think is really, really unfair. Obviously, with the result, with George Russell getting that second place, uh, well deserved from a Saturday point of view. But you know, effectively, great qualifying means that he's got points for it, which I'm sure that he would have wanted to get his first podium in the right way not that way. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, and and for me personally, I think there was two decisions that could have been made. They've chosen a third, which I think was wrong, which was just to do two laps to classify. I think I would have, and they discussed it on Sky Sports, of gone on to a Monday race. Right. Given everybody that there was there on the Sunday a ticket for Monday. Obviously for the, for the UK, it was a bank holiday. I don't know whether it was a bank holiday in Belgium. But the following week, as we know, we were in Sandoval. We're not a million miles away. No. To do an extra race, even an AM race, if the weather is clear and then, you know, hightail it out there and get up to to Holland. The other option, which they have done before, and I can't understand why they haven't done, is to abandon the race and redo it Later in the season. Reschedule it later Reschedule in the it. Perhaps the last race or something like well, that. Well, I'll, I'll give you some dates that they could have definitely done. As we know, Turkey is back on the uh, back on the map. So after Turkey, on the 10th of October, uh, we have had a cancellation. That we, that now we go from Turkey on the 10th of October to the United States on the 24th of October. Right. They easily could have got it in there. Uh, the other option is, as we know, Japan has cancelled. Melbourne as well. Melbourne has cancelled. So I think it's from, they go f- uh, United States to Mexico to Sao Paulo, Brazil. Then they were going to go to Australia and then Saudi Arabia. So from from Sao Paulo, Brazil on the 14th of November, the next race is actually the 5th of December. Right. So you've got a long, long time where you could have squeezed from Brazil to Saudi Arabia. You yeah. can go via Belgium. Logically and logistically, it makes 
better and perfect sense to just wait a day, doesn't it? Even yeah. a morning. They've got yeah. enough time to pack up and get to the next track for Thursday. Yeah. Refund the people that can't attend, the people that can attend, great for them. Yeah. It just, yeah, it's 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 a shame. But that was Spa. I don't think there's anything else to talk about with Spa. No. No? Just, That's it. Just poor. We, we were denied one of the best tracks in the, on <laughs> yeah, the calendar. Yeah. Really, yeah. really gutted. And I think we that would have been a titanic battle. But let's move forward. Dutch Grand Prix, Zandervoort, back there since last time we were there was 1985. And just a real old school track. Nicky Lauda won, didn't he, in his last race for McLaren? Last, I think that, that was day. his last win. His last win? Last, well. last uh, career win. And... Oh, you know the banking round the final corner. I think it was turn three. They just even even these cars sounded fantastic round that track. Uh, I, it was just so good to see. It was more enclosed, wasn't it? You could hear the fans screaming more. You could hear the car. You know, you know, I've often in previous podcasts complained about them hitting apexes and runoff areas at full speed, not having to slow down and go through the gears. They had to with this track. You hear the car slowing down and rooting through the gears, sounding like a racing car. It was probably hugely exciting as a driver, but for a fan watching on TV, what did what did you think? Did you think it was a little yeah. Monaco-esque? Yeah, there was there wasn't much of an overtaking opportunity. We have obviously spoken about this, and that is the only thing that does let it down. In 1985, the cars would have been incredibly small in comparison to these cars. However. Yeah, uh, disappointing that there wasn't enough overtaking from from the battle at the front. You know, there was no real opportunity, absolutely no opportunity. Yeah. The only there was a few in the midfield that were able to uh, make some overtakes, but apart from that, quite quite a mediocre race. Mm. You do, I mean, Perez showed that you can overtake. There's enough room to overtake, but you obviously yeah. need a faster car. Alonso, we didn't see on the actual television broadcast, but he got past Carlos Sainz in the last lap. Yeah. So if you give the car plenty of welly out of the corner and hit the apex right, you can do it. Well, you you, uh, and, you need two point. You need to be two seconds a lap quicker. Yeah, that's that is a massive, yeah. massive difference. You know, and there, there isn't much. You know, Perez has got that on the back markers. Yeah, he's got that up until probably the top eight. Yeah, but, and then he's failed to and, and then and then to you, progress from there. Yeah, then, then you haven't got that on on the front runners so that's why we didn't see too much on the way of overtaking but that's okay maybe next year with a slightly smaller car we're going back scale of 2007 and 8 again yeah. it's gonna you know tracks like monaco and stuff where the last couple of seasons have been a you know a hindrance mm. if you like it's probably going to add to a bit more excitement so yeah you know if it um if it proves to be more exciting next year it should stay on the calendar but yeah. i think you said yesterday was it or the day before if it's you know if you can't make more than one or, or, or there's not more than one yeah. overtaking opportunity, it yeah. needs to be removed from the yeah. circuit. I think as well as the pit straight, which is your main straight, typically yeah. on most, on most uh, Grand Prix circuits, for next year the, the design of the cars mean that you are able to follow yep. without hurting your tyres so much, which means that you can yep. we can have close combat um, racing as well as obviously the cars being smaller, uh, which means that, you know, Places like Zandvoort, Monaco, and uh, and and others. Um, what I'm expecting, uh, Hungary, but also what I'm expecting at um, Saudi Arabia, uh, will mean that there will be more overtaking opportunities. But yes, like I say, if there's not, 
more than one overtaking opportunity, then get it off the calendar. Yeah. I know that sounds really harsh, <laughs> but if there's not, we're there to, to as fans to see battles. It needs to be battles. exciting, doesn't it? I mean, I know you can sort of win in pit stops and they can govern the direction of a race, but you do need that wheel-to-wheel stuff. Yeah. You do need, you know, there was no safety car, was there? There was no safety no. car this weekend. No. You know? And um, I think they were expecting that. Right. That's I mean, there was two. Well, it, on Saturday we had a couple of Williams come off. Both Williams yeah. actually. Um, other than that, in the race, there was just was it Vettel spun? Yeah, on the banking there, nearly collected by Bottas and Mick Schumacher overshot mm. and and run onto the pebbles. Yeah, that was it. That was pretty much it. Yeah, you had red flags on both other days, I, th- I believe. Yeah. So you know that was we were looking like we we would probably have a safety car, possibly even a red flag, but everyone kept it clean, or most kept it clean, which was a shame. But uh, but anyway, it was nice to see it back on the calendar. Um, I wasn't even born the last time it was on the calendar. I don't know about you. Nineteen eighty. I was born in September of the eighty-five. So right. when was it actually? What month was it? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna. Well, you 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 carry on, Inspector, and uh, I'll, I'm going to have a look at it. Why don't you go take us through the standings? So obviously, as we know, that uh, Verstappen has obviously won that race. And uh, he Hamilton is, is second, yeah. and then Bottas finished third on the uh, on the on, podium. On the podium. So how does that change things? Well, that's obviously put Max Verstappen back into the lead of the drivers' championship, and because of the half point system, he's now on two hundred and twenty four point five points in first place. Hamilton in second on two to one point five. Bottas in third on one hundred and twenty three. Lando Norris, old Nando's, he's on uh, one hundred and fourteen points in fourth place. And Sergio Perez is in fifth place on 108 points. And the constructors, Mercedes are still in the lead on 344.5. Red Bull in second place on 332.5. Ferrari in third on 181.5. McLaren on 170 points in fourth place. And Alpine in fifth on 90 points. So, you know, there's a there's a big jump there from fifth to first, obviously, a massive jump. But uh, in the drivers, it's a little, little bit more closer in the midfield. I think a lot's, you know, it's going to mix it up after Monza. You excited for Monza? Always, always every year. Um, can I just say they've made your difficult, uh, they've made your life incredibly difficult now with uh, doing the obviously the standings is because you've always, always got to say this point, point five, fucking five. five. I'm just going to delete it. This, yeah. you know, yeah. round, round it down, down. <laughs> round it down. down. Oh, yeah. I'm going to round it up for Max and down for Lewis. Oh right. <laughs> Right, okay, yeah, 25th of August 1985 was the Dutch Grand Prix, uh, the last time we were at Zandervoort, so... So was it the last 10 minutes in the oven, really, wasn't yes. it? yeah. There we go. Happy days. That was it. Well, that was it. That was worth looking at. So, so, since the... I mean, before we move on to a lot of the breaking news that's happened since the race, which is exciting, how did you feel that the, the race between Max and Lewis went? Obviously, do you think Max was ever under threat from Lewis? And the Mercedes team, or did he sort of have it in the bag? And he he went, he arrived confident, drove great, really. Yeah, yeah. Max was faultless. Yeah, at, across the weekend, really a very strong home race. You would expect him to, and you know the the Orange Army were out in full force, uh, like they are at the most European Grand Prix. <laughs> He's got <laughs> one hell of a following. Yes, and uh, you know it's like Mansell Mania. But for Max, it's at every single track. Yeah, you know, so uh, within within Europe and and further afield, you know, he's got a big big following, uh, which is which is great. Uh, and really, Hamilton, can I say that his his 
lap in qualifying was, I think it was uh, three hundredths of a second off Max's. Yeah. Um, that would have been pole if Max hadn't have improved on his second run. Yeah. I believe. So it is a shame. That is incredibly close and that is a lot closer than actually those two cars are. I mean, Red Bull was stronger at the weekend. Yeah. I think there was no doubt. The only way that it could have changed was if Hamilton was able to get that pole, I think we would have had wheel-to-wheel battles because Max was quicker. Yep. So that's a shame, but um, I think it was Verstappen's comfortably. Monza, different story. Will be. It different will be. Story. And it was great to see, actually, you talk about the Orange Army uh, stands and, you know, full of people. Crowd. Crowd is maximum. Um, they obviously didn't get the memo about no flares. They didn't give a fuck. A little oh, bit like, uh, like a, a bit like match. Bottas, you know, ignored the memo about abort the fastest lap. Go and fuck yourself, <laughs> James. Go and fuck yourself. What part of go fuck yourself do you understand? <laughs> but it, apparently, he did button off in the last sector, which you know either did or did not help Lewis. Obviously, did well, he, help. But he buttoned off in the last sector, but still went purple <laughs> and took the fastest lap. Yeah, Re- held a record for a small amount of time, and that you know that could be his last hurrah for Mercedes. You don't know. So, uh, well, I think. Yeah, well, we we will get to that, but just quickly, Monza. Yep. So this weekend we look at, look forward to Monza, and as I say, I always look forward to it. It's an incredible track, uh, very fast. Yeah, I mean, brilliant. I was due to go there last year actually, but uh, obviously for yeah. obvious reasons it didn't happen. Um, I believe that Mercedes will be stronger with straight line speed. Right. McLaren will be up there right. as well with their straight Good. line speed. Obviously, Ferrari being a home race. Yep. That will be. You would expect good. a lot out of them, and I would expect a lot out of Max as well. So yeah. you know, it could be a, it could be anybody's for pole. This is this is it's the second sprint format weekend, yes, isn't it? it so is. yeah. I kind of like the first one. It's yeah. going to be nice to have it again. Just mm. a, it's a bit of a mix up, isn't it? Yeah. So um, I think so. It's particularly particularly something like Monza where you've got overtaking opportunities, uh, and it, you can also go very wrong. It can all go wrong. Yeah, it can go pear shaped. It can so, rain. You've got gravel traps, a bit like you have at Silverstone, so yep. people like Perez, you know, little slip and you're starting from He the needs back. to be a little careful, doesn't he? Yeah, and uh, and that could happen to anybody around Monza. So I re- I'm really looking forward to, really looking forward to that. So looking forward to Monza. Yes. It's going to be nice. Um, Kimi Raikkonen was obviously not at the previous race due to being uh, a confirmed COVID He's, an, he's also announced his retirement after in yeah. his you know twenty twenty years he's been here. How do you feel about him calling it a day? Yeah, it's it's probably the right time. Um, twenty years is is it's incredible. A long, it's a long time, and that it? is incredible. And I think that's the longest anybody has been in Formula One. I believe he's had a good run. Yeah, I mean Barrichello was probably before that. He Barrichello was ninety three to twenty ten. Yep. Uh, however, he was non stop. Yep. Or oh, Rubens getting a mention again. But, oh, Barry. Uh, but Kimi Raikkonen has been incredible for our sport and it's going to be a big loss. He's had a great run, hasn't he? I mean, he really has. He's, he's raced for some, some of the best teams. Yeah. And, yeah, what a, what a guy. What a character. I think, you know, his, uh, his blunt, dry... With his sense of humour, it's going to be it's going to be surely missed. There's no other guys like him, is there? He just doesn't overly give a fuck. I mean, you think back to the time he crashed in Monaco when he was at McLaren and just left the car there and he got on the yacht, got yeah. on the champagne. You know, yeah. <laughs> Ron Dennis yeah. must have been fucking screwing. But 
you know, little things like that. And when Shoemaker retired, you know, they why weren't you there? I was taking a shit. He's <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's honest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, he's he's been he's been great, and you know the radio messages. You know, they're just classic, aren't they? You know, they are brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, it will be... (laughs) Clubs and a steering wheel! (laughs) Um, I think it will be missed on and off the track. Yeah. And this is uh, not just any driver uh, retiring. This is a Formula One world champion that's retiring. And he he deserves that respect. Yeah, he does. So, obviously, that creates a seat available at Alfa Romeo, which was... Quickly filled after the Dutch Grand Prix. By his fellow countrymen. Yeah. There we go. Valtteri Bottas finishes his uh, stint at Mercedes and he goes to Alfa Romeo for the 2022 season. Yes. Uh, So Valtteri Bottas has been at Mercedes uh, since 2017. Yep. Obviously replaced Nico Rosberg once he retired. uh, And before that, he was at Williams from 2013 to 2017. So uh, this is his first time away from... The, the Mercedes, the Mercedes yeah. group. Uh, I think actually, the I mean, 2013 Williams was still Renault, but uh, but still within this this Mercedes family, uh, this is the first time he's going to be away from that. Uh, he has said that he's looking. He was looking for a multi-year deal, yep. which he's received a long-term contract. It is crazy to think since 2017 he's had one-year contracts. Yeah, that's that's odd, isn't it? Yeah, he's, which he's is successfully which, rolled through them and retained them. But he has. Mercedes need to move forward. Obviously, if they're to keep strength in the camp, which you mm. understand what they're what they're doing, yeah. But you know, he's not wasted his time there. You know, he's had nine wins, he's had fifty plus podiums. You know, they've won four constructors championships, yeah, together. I, and uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be a shame to see them not together. Obviously, him and Lewis. Yeah, I mean, I I just I'll just mention here uh, Lewis Hamilton um, saying he's immensely proud to have worked alongside Valtteri Bottas for the last five years. Uh, they've between them, um, they've delivered four constructors championships, as you say, and and he feels that they have motivated one another to keep pushing through the ups and the downs. He's been the best teammate that Lewis has ever had, and uh, his speed and resilience has been impressive. Um, but as a human being, um, you know, Lewis uh, believes he is greater than. Valtteri will ever know, and he's got a bright future ahead of him. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I, a real, that's a real nice. Yeah, Lewis, Lewis will miss him. Uh, I think they're good friends on and off the track. So, there's been great respect uh, between them. And he's, you know, he's right in saying he's been the best teammate. You know, he had hell from Alonso, hell from Rosberg. Yeah, um, you know, Button was obviously a, ch- a champion for a point, so there was no sort of hierarchy as who's more important. But yeah, they, that that was that, that that was okay. They they seemed to get on okay. Uh, but this is probably the most successful partnership that Lewis has ever had. Mm, I think so. And he's, he's obviously really has been, Valtteri Bottas really has been Lewis's Rubens Barrichello, hasn't he? Well, let's... let's <laughs> isn't he? He really has. Well, yeah, he's, he's, he, Valtteri has been your perfect number two driver. And Mercedes have probably enjoyed the last five years, but believe me, from it's, next season... Shit's about to go down. Oh, there's, there's a storm George coming is, in. George is not going to no. yield so much, I don't think. And, and, so and George Russell... George yeah, Russell well, actually, confirmed. before we we, oh, we have to go online, we've, we've, we've fucked up here royally. Sorry. Um, not that it really matters, but Alpha Tauri have uh, confirmed that Gasly and Sonoda will be racing again for them next season. Uh, next, Russell has... <laughs> no, <laughs> no, on. Let's, let's just... Yuki Sonoda. 
Yeah. How do you feel? Do you think in his rookie season he's done enough? He's, to... he's done okay. Now yeah. that he's got his swearing under control, which is uh, doing better than me and you are. Um... Well, well, you, Inspector, <laughs> not me. But can I just say that uh, he may just be Kimi Räikkönen replacement on the best radios, radio messages? Yeah, yeah. So let, might, yeah, keep, yeah, keep yeah. that up. Yeah. Uh, but let him flow. Yeah. I, I think he's. I think he's been okay. You know, rookie seasons are difficult, as we see with uh, Mazepin, but uh, Sonoda's for most of it has been. He's yeah. been pretty good. Uh, Pierre Gasly is better than Alpha Tauri. So I think that is great news for Alpha Tauri yep. to retain him. Uh, I just I just wonder whether when he's going to get a seat at the big table with the big boys. So yeah. It's got to come well, soon. Exactly. And, you know, we've spoken about his uh, seat that he's had being robbed. And, I mean, he's still part of the Red Bull family. So Alpha Tauri are going to be about as good as Red Bull are next year. And because there's so many big changes, you don't know. Staying at Red, the Red Bull squad's a great idea or a bad idea. You know, um, Williams, you know, they're obviously going to need a replacement driver. They're going to get one, but they might be a great team. To, they might be in the top three, top five next year. You, mm. They're looking strong now. Yeah. Aren't they? You know. They they, they are. Uh, they, they you, And you can't say that's just George uh, overdriving the car, you know, getting most yeah. out of the car because Latifi's even doing quite well in it. Yeah, you know? he is. So – I we 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 know that that car has issues with wind. Xander thought they had some good laps, but that wind would just turn that car. It's around. like a child's kite, yeah. isn't it? That yeah. car, it's hopeless. A- absolutely. So the, um, surely, uh, you know, with with the signing, obviously of George going to Mercedes, yes, that must have. It, he's known about that for a couple of races, obviously on the sly. It must have given him, injected him with some sort of confidence. Now he's like, yeah, do you know what? I'm really going to go out and. Give that Williams, yeah, break the fuck out of it. Well, not not to prove anything to Mercedes if he's already got the seat, but just to give re- it the send off it deserves. Really, just to give the Williams team that he's been there for. I mean, he's been there three years to try and finish on a high with them. Yeah, you know, and I know he's been waiting for this Mercedes seat, but you know, he's part of the family at Williams, and you know, great to have on your CV as well. You know, Williams and. It's a shame that he hasn't been able to do more over the last three years, but yep. it's just not been a competitive car until this season. You know, things are starting to change and improve for them. And I hope if they get the driving lineup correct for next season, they can push on again. George Russell will do fantastically well for Mercedes. Williams need to replace him with someone that is going to get as much out of the car. Yeah. Now, Formula E champion, potentially? Potentially. My, um, obviously, let's talk about the fact that Alex Albon has been rumoured to be getting a seat. However, my personal feeling is that he didn't overly impress me in Formula 1 in his first stint. And therefore, I don't know if he is the guy to get the most out of that car. Mm, No, you know, I don't think Alex uh, impressed many people. You know, he obviously did Helmut Marco and and the rest of the guys at Red Bull because they, they held on for him so long. But uh, it's it's a different kind of pressure at the top, isn't it? You know, you can mess up all day long when you're in those lower teams and it gets unnoticed. But, you you know, I think we both agree that Gasly should have stayed there, should have been given another chance. Maybe it's great to see Perez there. He's obviously been great but struggled as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him going to Williams potentially being released from the contract is a great idea, but 
what's your thoughts on on that? Like, is he being forced to release from the contract, or do you think it'd be better if he chose to release himself from the contract? Well, should I go through what we spoke about yesterday? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell him, t- t- tell, tell him quick. Tell the people. <laughs> My concern with it is that he has been with Red Bull for most of his life. Mm. You don't just turn that tap off. No. And therefore, yes, he can be cut from his release from his contract with Red Bull. That is what Toto Wolf has said. Uh, and Williams have said if they are going to accept him going to Williams. Yeah. He has he cannot be a Red Bull driver driving for Williams. He must be a Williams driver for yeah. end of. My concern, you don't like I say, you don't just turn that off. You don't turn that you know, relationship off. Um I'm sure he'll be the ultra professional. However, my concern is that he is a Red Bull guy through and through. Is it too much risk to yeah. have him in a seat? You know, a Mercedes car, Red Bull. Look, I don't want to create something that's not there, but I don't like the idea that you know, information can, can go well, in. Well, you can. Look, I don't, don't want to. I'm sure he's the ultra professional. <laughs> But I'm sorry, you don't just switch that relationship. Yeah, off. and if you cut from the contract, there's nothing to stop him going around uh, Christian and Jerry's for a bit of Wednesday night supper, is there? No, you know, like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. A oh, yeah. few glasses of vino and uh, loose lips sink ships, don't yes. they? You know, so uh, that's it. And money talks, but uh, yeah. I don't know. You know, if, if Alex comes back, hopefully has he has a a better run than he did last time. If he's in a Williams, I can't see that. And while we're talking about Williams, just quickly back to George Russell. I hope for George's sake, I really do. I hope like hell that the Mercedes car next year is strong because if it's not and it's a midfield team with all these big changes, they're poor bastard. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like that until they change again. And, you know, like, and he, he's either going to be one really lucky, successful driver or one of the unluckiest guys. In- <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think, I think it will. They have been developing it from early stages. So I, I do believe that he will be okay. You're right. I mean, he would be incredibly unlucky and his luck has not been good over the last couple of years. <laughs> no, it? it's not. So I really hope for his sake and Lewis's sake and Red Bull, you know, they're still up there as well yeah. as everybody else. We want to see it competitive. We want to see anybody could win the race. We don't know who's going to get popped. Yeah, you want to see so. the championship, both drivers and constructors, down to the last race between the top four teams or something like that. Down to the it, last, last lap. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah it'd be great. So, yeah, that's I, I, yeah, I think I think they will. I mean, Mercedes stopped development of twenty twenty one and looked at twenty two from a very early on this season. So, it may it may actually come to bite them on the arse for this season. Yeah, because they're not the strongest for this season, but they have turned their attention to twenty twenty two. So, hopefully, George has made the right decision. I believe he has, and I think that's going to be a great teamwork. It's a great partnership. He'll be going in, in, in as a number two, but I'm sure by the end of the season, he wants to be the number one in that team. Well, I, th- I think so. You know, and when he filled in for Lewis last year, he outdrove Bottas easily that day. Yeah. And to be honest, I mean, he might have been excited getting in that car, but it seemed, you, you couldn't really tell, but it seemed as if Lewis's car was being outdriven. Yeah. You know, he 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 took off. He didn't fit in the car. Yeah. He's wearing scrunched up little footwear because he can't get his big feet in there. You know, his head's hanging out at the top of the halo and he drove the absolute ass off that car. Yeah. But unfortunately, it was just unlucky. Yeah. That's where his luck's played into not, it. But yeah, yeah. Not to be. 
All the best to him, really. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, before we go, I've got a fun fact. Fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> These fun facts. Well, okay. Let's hear it. Yes. You've well, had a, you've had a few weeks, so it better be good. Yeah. It is. Well, it's it's okay. Well, it, I haven't had. Uh, it's about ten minutes old. This fun fact. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the fun fact today is dedicated to Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah. Awesome. Who else? Awesome. Who else? Then Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, after he's announced his retirement after 20 years in the sport. So Kimi Raikkonen, obviously known as the Iceman. Right. Uh, because, and, and because really on and off the track, cool as ice, isn't he? And obviously from Finland as well. And it was Ron Dennis, I believe, that gave him that nickname. Uh, but the Iceman was not actually his first nickname in the sport. Right. Uh, his first nickname was given to him by Peter Sauber and the Sauber team. And the first nickname was the Eskimo. The Eskimo? Yep. And that was in an attempt to keep his identity hidden during his first F1 test to fend off interest from rival teams. Right. So the Iceman, a.k.a. the Eskimo. Right. So that was it. That's your fun fact. So, yeah, one half of the season left with him, that's it. We better make the most of them. Mm. Yeah? Definitely. Definitely. Excellent. Well, it's time to say thank you to everyone. Thank you to uh, all of our listeners everywhere. We've obviously uh, we got them everywhere, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, so literally, uh, rather than go through all the countries again that we keep seeing on our, uh, our statistics of our streams and podcast downloads, we just want to thank everyone, no matter where you are, for listening. And uh, tuning in, and Reese, tell them about the social media. Yes, at Operation F1 on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, you can you can find us on there. Yep. Give us a subscribe, follow, uh, follow our posts. We uh, we post during race weekends, and uh, any breaking news, we try and get it to you as quick as we can. So yeah, give us a, a like and a follow and a subscribe on there. And uh, obviously this podcast is available on all the main podcast platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Apple, um, sorry, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Deezer, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and all some of, others. All, all, of, all of the and podcast more. platforms. And all, all the ones that are not even there yet. Yes. Yeah. We'll be there too. But, yeah. Cool. And uh, just before we go, this podcast was sponsored by Eastwood Studios and um, you can find out everything you need to know about them over at www.eastwoodstudios.co.uk See you later on Brilliant, thank you podcast was recorded at Eastwood Studios. Post-production was completed at MixMK. The sound recording is owned by Operation F1, a division of Operation Media Limited. The sound recording name and logo is protected. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021. Operation Media Limited.